Welcome to Post Status Draft. In this episode, David Bissett is talking to Yost Devok about WordPress market share and some other stuff, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. This is David's first podcast. I'm really excited for him to start an interview series, and there's already going to be another one on the way with Joe Casabona and more folks after that. So uh, I hope you enjoy this episode, and there's a lot of insight from Yost, and uh, I think it'll be really great. This episode is brought to you by Jilt. Jilt is a longtime partner of Post Status. You can go to poststatus.com slash Jilt to check it out. If you don't know what Jilt is, it helps you automate your email processes for your e-commerce store. Whether you need to do transactional emails like custom receipts, whether you want to set up automations so that you automatically email people product announcements or once they've hit a threshold of spending or all kinds of cool stuff like that, Jilt makes that easy. You can also send your regular distribution campaigns, your marketing emails based on categories or purchase history or whatever segmentation or blast it off to everybody. It's up to you. Jilt's super, super powerful and a great tool. We're thankful that they are partners with PostStatus. Check them out at poststatus.com slash Jilt. Now here's the show. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sitting here virtually talking with Joost de Volk. Um, what is your current position at Yoast? Because it changed. I am a, I, I'm founder and chief product officer. That's you're my never going to change from being the founder, but right now you're the chief product officer. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I stepped down as CEO, well, close to two years ago now, um, and um, basically focused on product which is what I like doing most, building the plugin, extending what we do in um, in and around WordPress, uh, and also being able to spend a bit more time on WordPress core and, uh, and leading our WordPress core team. So does that, being a product person, manager, whatever it is you just called it, I'm not really going to be professional about this. Is that also, were you also involved in the, in the, um, the decision and acquisition of the duplicate post plugin? Uh, that was almost all me, yes. Ah, see, I didn't have that on the list. I, my first question was a trick question because that's not our topic today. But yeah, what what was what was the what was the driving what was the driving force in that? Was it just because it was a popular plugin? Because when when I heard you got it, I first of all I thought, okay, well, it's going to someone we trust, not some not some outside investor outside of the WordPress space. But at the same time, I'm like, I. You know, your SE, obviously SEO duplicate posts, not exactly where I would draw a straight line from. Um, well, that, it's, it's funny that you say that because while that's true, if you look at the use cases that people use duplicate posts for, um, a lot of what people use it for is related to um, creating content on their site. Uh, and, and, basically their workflows around that. And what I noticed myself is that we use duplicate posts to, uh, to, to duplicate posts in our backend so that we could have a full editorial process when we rewrote articles. So we, we duplicate a post into a new draft. We'd, we'd go through a, a full um, article editing flow of, of review, etc. And um there's no way in WordPress core to do that without a plugin. And what I noticed is that it didn't really work well together with Yoast SEO. So it, well, we, I thought we can do better. 
then I was looking at uh, who built that plugin, started, sent off an email to Enrico, the, the author. Like, hey, can I talk to you? Can we maybe collaborate on making this better? Jumped on a Zoom call. Turned out Enrico is a great guy who's been doing this for 11 years, 12 years, something like that. Uh, he's been maintaining that plugin. And just a, a, a seriously nice guy in the Italian WordPress community, et cetera, but not really making all that much money from that plugin at all, even though he has a couple million users. <laughs> yeah. And, um, well, really just doing work as a freelancer. And I'm figuring out, okay, so what do you do? And he turned out to be a great coder. And I'm like, can we maybe then get two birds with one stone and um, hire you, buy the product from you so that we can improve it together uh, and uh, and have both a great developer uh, added to our team as well as, uh, as add a, a product that we can improve on. Yeah, it seemed to me it was, yeah, because it's a it's not to not to belittle his work because he's done a tremendous and it's and the plugin has been around for a long time because i think anybody uh, i think a lot of people probably said well i wish i could duplicate this and they go oh really 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 wish i couldn't write this plugin unfortunately his was there from very early on like you said it's been around like 12 years right so yeah, that is almost i don't want to do i hate doing math on the side here but i mean 12 years you're going back to at least the early days of WordPress, maybe three, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah I I think two, but yeah, yeah, well, re really early on. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which is also why it was funny that I never met him in person before because I've been around for that long. Uh, <laughs> he's, and he, he's not a he's not a celebrity. We don't. We, I don't remember no. seeing any time on stage or anything saying, "Yeah, you know that plugin everybody uses and never pays for, but still knows that that's yeah that, that one of the top ten plugins for WordPress that nobody knows about." It's like I, I was seriously surprised. And I, never, I I never saw him and John James Jacoby in the same room, so I got a little suspicious. But he's a great guy. And I'm very happy to have him on our team. And actually, right now, um, well, not right right now, but uh, as of uh, next week or the week after, I, I might be lying here. And they're they're going to be working. Uh, the team he's in is going to be working on a sprint to enhance the functionality around uh, uh, duplicating posts and republishing them on their old URL. So I I have this this vision for fork and merge functionality in in that plugin where you can basically basically fork a post and merge it back to the original, so you can have full editorial process while rewrite, rewriting a post and making all of that easy. Oh, cool, good. As long as I can't make my post explode due to my writing at three a.m. and trying to fork stuff, that that's good because actually, like. We just, you know, some people go, oh, this is just an acquisition because it's a popular plugin. But it's it's good. <laughs> it's good. Because no, you yeah, can't really I'd... well, you can't really blame people because you see some acquisitions in the WordPress space by people that are just they basically, especially, you know, people with money, people with companies, especially, or whether they're invested money or whatever they get their money from, they said, Okay, here's some low-hanging fruit. We can get these people and we can absorb it into our platform. And then you hope to see some features come out of that and hopefully features that aren't directly related to whatever the platform that people buy it in. But um, it's, it's nice to, but it is nice to see that you have a purpose and you have a, 
roadmap for it other than just to take a popular plugin and stamp like a bumper sticker on it that says Yoast, you know. Well, I, I mean, part of it was, of course, that Yoast duplicate post is, is yeah, just, it's kind of in the name now. <laughs> it's it is sort of a, it does work too well, but um, <laughs> the, the Yoast duplicate Yoast plugin brought to you by Yoast, yes, yeah, no, so no, but it's not, uh, no, it's not like that, but yeah, no, it, it, absolutely not. It was, uh, I'm happy to to be able to pre preserve something that so many people use in a good way for the WordPress community. Um, be able to give Enrico some payback for what he's done for the community, and and also I'm probably the most of all I'm happy about having Enrico on our team now. You know he's not listening right now. It's okay. We can talk about him. Oh, um, but he's, I might even tell him to listen to this. He's a great guy. Oh, why torture him? He seems like a good guy. Oh, uh, well, that, okay, that was our warm-up conversation, um, unless you have some really big news to premiere on it right here. Um, our, actually, the reason why I reached out to you, and surprised you responded, but reached out to you, was talking about WordPress market share. And it sounds like a very short topic, and maybe it's not as long as the other deep discussions people get into, because normally it's you just hear a percentage of numbers, you know, um, and then it just kind of seems to go up every time you hear it. And, you know, we or once it reached, I think it was last year, was it? It's like, oh, we got to, oh, no, earlier, maybe this year, depending on what your definition of a third is, because that's weird, because it's math, a third is, should be only one definition. But, you know, a third of the web, WordPress has the third of the web. Um, and people like to throw that out there. Uh, it, they like numbers. People like numbers, especially when they're big numbers and they're numbers that go up in this case. Um, yeah. I noticed that you started making the more detailed analysis of the WordPress market share. And we'll talk about the source of that information in a second. But on your post, which is called, which is, it's at Joost, J-O-O-S-T dot blog. Just want to, for all the kids at home following along, um, you have CMS market share blog posts. And I'm not sure how many you've done. I'm going to say, I'm going to guess and say three so far. Yeah, three so far. Yeah, I started doing this uh, November last year uh, and then quickly decided like, okay, this needs to be updated every six months or so to be relevant. Um put together some tooling as well to make make it easy for myself to update this <laughs> because it's quite a bit of work the first time you work on it <laughs> you think right because i just said it you think it would just be okay it was this at this month and this at this month and that is that is a good number to look at but it's not just what makes that interesting it makes all the surrounding numbers and players on it interesting as well and especially this year um, I'm, I mean, I have your your latest analysis as the time of this recording is the June 2020. And you remarked to me a little while ago that you're planning on another analysis coming up before the end of the year. Yeah, yeah I, early November, um, which means November 2nd, because on November 1st, all my sheets don't work because I didn't set them up well. Um yeah, but around that time, I'll, I'll probably do another analysis. I, I look at these numbers fairly regularly just to look at, okay, so what's happening? And is, is, is anything growing particularly fast at the moment? 
So let's dive into it. Um, and I'm more, I've got your latest analysis up here. I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm more interested in what's been happening this year in particular, because it's not just a general number of WordPress market share growing. It's how, in my, in my opinion, it's how fast it's when, and what other factors are, what else is happening to the market share market as well. Um, primarily the whole CMS market share um, aspect, but also just the whole the whole top million websites, which I believe, I guess we should talk about first where you're getting this data from. Yeah. Um, confirm that for me. And then I, I want to know exactly where they're getting their information from, because that is so what you're it, basing your numbers off of. So they, uh, the, the data that I uh, mostly use for this is W3Tech's data. That's W3Tech, T-E-C-H-S dot com. Um, it's linked from my blog post, of course. Um, what they do is they scrape the top 10 million sites on the web according to Alexa. Um, which is that's not is that the thing that's not the thing you put in your house that listens to you and spies on you that's something else and <laughs> yeah that's that's something else that is slightly related but not uh eventually uh, yeah. you, it might be able to the device in your home might be good enough to see what you're viewing no but uh, um, well alexa's you, been alexa's plugin has been around for a while yeah it's it's also it's a bit biased because of that uh, because, um, well, that, that data is not, I mean, getting a list of the top 10 million sites on the web is always going to be subjective, uh, to the point of being, um, well, th th there's a lot of relativity in all of this in where where are the users that they base that data on uh where which websites are included which aren't etc um but that being said um while this might not be true if you look at it from another uh angle on the web i think the what's most important is the uh, is the angle of growth and the uh, the changes in the statistics more so than than the particular statistics by themselves even okay let's talk about that then what are what are you seeing in your last anal in your past analysis or your latest analysis what's coming oh, out oh, here that's something what, we should talk about what you're seeing mostly is a ridiculous growth of wordpress ridiculous that's I like ridic <laughs> well, ridiculous. I, to, to the point of, I, so so you have to look at it like this. The, the, if you look at all of the all of those websites, for approximately forty percent, um, it's it's slightly lower, but it used to be higher than that. Um, w three tax can't uh, detect which CMS they're running because they're running some homemade thing or no or no CMS at all or uh, well, there's a lot of different options there. For the other sixty uh, percent percent of so, or so, um, they can detect the CMS. And then currently, as of September twenty fifth, um, thirty eight point five percent of those websites runs WordPress. 
So that's 38.5%, as in more than half of the 60% that they can measure runs WordPress. And the second CMS on the market has 2.9%. Now, that makes WordPress a ridiculous behemoth. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so big that we don't often realize, I think, as a WordPress community, just how big it really is. Um, at the same time, that that 38.5% is up from 34.5% the year before that, which means that it's grown by 4%, which seems like not that big a number. But if you grow 4% market share in a year, I can tell you that every other company in the world would have been would have been cheering. And it's and again, just to make sure this is clear, we know where it's coming from. It's four percent. Is it? I I always get this messed up. Is it the top million? The top ten million? They it's claim top ten million. Top ten million sites. Okay, which is a relatively weird group. Um, and top I, in I, terms of visits, traffic. 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 But as I said, it's Alexa, so you don't know whether that's necessarily true, which is why it's more important to look at the, uh, there's two points to make there. One, that means that you don't exactly know which sites there are are in that set at at a a certain point in time, which is part of the reasons that you see some of these CMSs go down because traffic as a whole on the internet is changing in shape and is changing in where it, where it's happening. So if more traffic is happening in Asia, then more Asian sites are going to show up in the, in that top 10 million. And mm. then that, so, so the data in that, in that list is going to skew a bit. Um, that's, so that's why you see some CMSs that are particularly large in Europe drop faster than um, uh, you'd expect based just on their install numbers. And I imagine some of those sites too would have to be sites that are, I don't know if Alexa or W3Text filters them out, but some of those sites have to be sites you never would, well, these are all based on CMS. These are all sites that have some sort of content management system? Yeah, they have a recognizable CMS. So basically, in the top 10, you're, talk- you're talking about WordPress, Shopify, Joomla, Drupal, Wix, Squarespace, Bitrix, which is Russian, Blogger by Google, uh, Magento, stuff like that. And you know, I noticed they have a none category currently at 39.5%. Does that just mean yeah, that... So none is the, is the stuff that they can't recognize. Ah, okay. So there is something there. They just don't know what it is. Yeah. And very soon now, um, WordPress will overtake none. So Which is Word- amazing because a year ago, it was, I remember when that number was at 50%. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I can see almost in my forecast, if, if, we, if we contain this growth path, uh, I think will be WordPress itself will be at fifty percent by somewhere in twenty twenty two. Really? Wow! Geez, scratch that question off my list. That was going to be the highlight of the whole podcast. Was your prediction? <laughs> so, I, well, so I guess let's talk about that. Um, 
uh, well, first of all, let me let me put a pause in here. I want to I want to look at the current numbers we have sitting in front of us. You and I probably are looking at very something similar, where it's yeah. like on W3 text where you see it goes back a year with about a year when you look at it. So last year at this time, we were four percentage points lower, as you said. But if you look, it is not a linear straight line. My wife is the math teacher, but even I can see around April, it started like it started, well, between March and April, April, April actually went down a little bit. And I'm not sure why that was, which was kind of weird. It went from 35.9 at the beginning of March to 35.7 in April. I'm I'm in my mind that's I think that's a that's a it could be a rounding error. No one's really said anything about it and I didn't even notice it at the time. But then after that we jumped to 36% and then we jumped to 37% by the 1st of June. Which yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but has it ever jumped that quickly before? No, it's I've I've not seen it jump a 1% in a month. And, and I mean, it's, it's obviously not doing that again. Um, but it, that jump was ridiculous. And that, that's why I said ridiculous. I mean, that, that growth in the last six months or so is astonishing. I've, I've never seen anything grow that fast that quickly. Um, the only thing what you, what you have to look at is what's underneath this. So relatively, the only thing that's growing even faster is Shopify. Because they've grown in that same period. They've grown from 1.7% to 2.9%. Mm-hmm. That is uh, a, a tremendous amount of growth uh, over the course of a year. And the funny thing is if you compare within WordPress, there's a separate uh, page on W3 text that shows WooCommerce. And WooCommerce has had a similar growth path to Shopify. It's grown tremendously fast. So a large part of the growth that WordPress has is driven by WooCommerce's growth. Hmm. You think there's a uh, direct connection there? Yeah. You think, because, the, mo- you think the majority of... Of WordPress, not all, but a good, but a very good, decent chunk I, of it, I maybe say half or 40, something. Uh, yeah, thirty to forty percent of WordPress's growth is driven by WooCommerce. Well, I and, couldn't disagree and that with is, that. Uh, well, it, it it it's it's a good number, but it, the, if you look at it um, at that huge jump and when that happened, WooCommerce had a good. Uh, jump in in its growth this year, but it didn't have that jump in June. So um, it it is interesting to to look at that and to to go like, okay, so what is go- causing that and what's happening? But it's well, there's a whole lot of these things that suddenly go you know, go up. It's it's interesting to see because basically everything else is shrinking, other than Shopify and WordPress. So. Yeah, we'll look. We'll talk about the other ones in a second because I think the overall, like once you get beyond WordPress and Shopify, things are looking very different. It's a different landscape there. But do you think so? You we we do do we think that COVID and as a result of that, the e-commerce taking off as a result of COVID would be would you say be a a major factor in this yeah, shot up yeah, for WordPress? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, it's a it's a lot of 
businesses coming online. It's a lot of uh, um, businesses that that only basically had a a business card, and now having actual websites, um, including shops and etc. So by May for it looks like it like uh, it looks like between May and June. And so it's, not, it's it really really shut up. So you could say there could be a time lag there when people started to get their their thoughts together. So, but you know, for us over here, I, it started I, in I March. Think seen, yeah, I I think for um, a lot of businesses, if, if in the WordPress space, if you look at their revenue, uh, a lot of us uh, us at Yoast as well, included, have been doing pretty well. Um, we we had like two weeks in March where everybody halted and stalled and nothing happened because the entire world was like, "What the hell is happening?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, it just growth just started happening. And it's what we've seen. It's what I've what I've heard from a lot of other WordPress uh, businesses. And one of the things that you that you saw was was well just that people switching their sites or going to uh, rebuilding their sites because they needed to do more online because they had to do the social distancing etc. Well, it's interesting to see the the delay and the ramifications or the cause and effect of world conditions. WordPress was definitely going in one direction and just shut up. And like you said, if it was due to WooCommerce, all makes sense um, yeah. for that. Now, the others, as you were bringing up, if you look beyond WordPress and Shopify, um, I remember a time when Joomla was number two. Yeah, and Drupal was number three, or the other, or the other way around. Something yeah, like I've, that. They were they were close. They were yeah. they were close. But uh, but where do you, let's talk about anybody beyond those two? What trends are you seeing there, and what has what interests or concerns you about about those statistics? Well, what you have to look at is if you, if you look at these these stats, is that there's a couple of open source systems. Uh, so you've got WordPress, Joomla, Drupal, Magento, OpenCart, PrestaShop, all of our open source. Um, outside of WordPress, everyone's losing. And then you have a couple of closed source ones. So you've got Shopify that's growing very fast. You've got Wix that's growing pretty fast. Squarespace is not doing that well at the moment, which I think is weird, but... You think with sure. all their podcast advertising, <laughs> I, I I don't get it. I honestly don't get it. They should have in 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 all ways. I look at this data. I I would expect Squarespace to grow faster. The thing is that you have to consider what this means, right? I mean, one point five percent market share for Wix at the moment means one point five percent of websites that are paying a monthly fee. The same is true for Shopify. These people are making a lot more money than WordPress is. And because they are businesses, they can be a lot more focused in how they apply that money uh, to growth and to marketing, et cetera. Um, WordPress has a gigantic ecosystem where automatic um, and part of that WooCommerce and uh, a lot of plug-in vendors, theme vendors, support companies, et cetera, are all making money, but we don't have one centralized growth 
source or mm. team or thing like that. Shopify has some of the best growth people in the world and, and has a growth team of hundreds of people. Uh, that the marketing power that that has versus what we do in WordPress is something to keep in mind and to to realize like, okay, we're, we're fighting very, very big budgets, even though they have only a small percentage of market share. You know, they have investors too, but um, it's, 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 it's such a different ball game. And sometimes it, because you, you have so many people in the WordPress space going and, Maybe they're going in the same general direction, but all of you have, you have hosting companies, you have software companies, you have agencies going in these variety of their own direction. I mean, it's all it's all mostly in the benefit of WordPress, more or less. So it's it's going to affect the positively the bottom line. But the company like Squarespace, like you said, there's one team, there's one marketing team with, yeah. and they're all they're all on the same page in terms of their goals. No matter they could be pursuing multiple goals, but they're literally all on the same team versus the WordPress space where we're all in a community, but we are, we're, we're definitely pursuing our own individual agendas as much as aligned as they are. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that is uh, when you look at these numbers, that's the thing that worries me when I look at the other open source ecosystems It's you need to be fairly big as an open source ecosystem to, to be able to sustain yourself. And, and to sustain um, uh, the the name building and the brand building that that goes on around these systems, and you just see everyone slide down. And I think in, in the end, I, I I'm sort of sad to see that. Let's take a break to say thank you to Jilt for being our partner for this episode. Go to postas.com/jilt to check it out and start a free trial today. You know, with Jilt, you can do a lot of cool things and. They have a new dashboard once you log in and start your trial, so it's easier than ever to get started. Sending your first broadcast, recovering abandoned carts, sending tra new transactional emails. They have quick start guides to help you get started doing all of that uh, and to check out all their cool features like the powerful segmentation options that you have to divide up and uh, send just the right email to just the right customer and all in automated fashion. So check it out with their new dashboard and all the stuff that Jilt has going on. They're always working hard to improve the product. Go to postatus.com slash Jilt for that. And thanks again for Jilt being a partner of Postatus. It, and, you know, for Squarespace, I'm sure they're happy so far with their 1.4% because that's still, that's still a good percentage. Um, it is still, a, if you're making money off make of a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. If you're making money off of all of that 1.4 or most of that 1.4%, then, then yeah, that that's fine. Um, but when you have 2.3% or 1.5% and you're not directly making money off of that in itself, if you're open source, I mean, it is a different, it is open source. It is what it is, but if there's, it's not an apples to apples comparison, but you can't argue with the numbers that shop um, Joomla and Drupal have just Joomla this time last year was at 2.8%. Now it's 2.3 Drupal's yes. was last year was at 1.8. Now it's 1.5. I mean, th it's the trend that bothers me the most. I, you know, the, trend, if, yeah. the trend is harsh. Uh, and, the, and the trend is, is basically, uh, um, 
I mean, Shopify grew by 71% in that period, and uh, both Joomla and Drupal lost, lost around 17 or 18%. Yeah. So, so if they lost anything, I would be, it could be e-com- any, any e-commerce on Joomla and Drupal could be taken up now by WordPress or Shopify, or at least the potential of it. I, I'm, it's, I have never heard of Bittrex before. You said no. it was Russian. Yeah. It's a, I, I, as far as I know, and I haven't looked deeply into it, admittedly. Uh, it's I'm Russian. still surprised blogger still exists. It, it, yeah, and it and it grows relatively, which is weird. But that's probably one of the effects of COVID, where some certain blogs on Blogger are doing very well, and therefore going back into the uh, top ten million. Yeah, and I know Magento for the longest time held a mindshare, maybe leader, or at least in the top two or three of if it was e-commerce, it was Magento. It was, yeah, or uh, it was, uh, yeah. And uh, honestly, uh, we've done a lot of magenta related work ourselves at Yoast and keep running into the fact that their upgrade paths are so hard for people that people just switch away because they don't want to do those upgrade paths anymore. Um, so yeah, it's, it, on, I think the honestly, upgrade from, exp- all, no, go ahead. from all of these, I, I, I think Magento did it to its, uh, did it to themselves more than anyone else. I was about to say, every time I heard it, I heard it was great, but the upgrade path or when it was upgraded, things would break and it was just a, it was a headache unless you were really, really like it was, unless you coded it 24 seven, it wasn't very friendly to upgrade or make changes or something, something along those lines. So kind of makes you appreciate sometimes when you update WordPress or something like that, like things could be worse. Uh, Or, you know, WordPress doesn't, Usually, I'd say for the most part, doesn't shoot itself in the foot when it comes to upgrades and stuff like that. If you if you disagree with that statement, you should really look into more of what Magento had as a reputation, <laughs> I think, in my opinion. But what does it say to you that we have these open, everything but, so summarize here, everything open source but WordPress isn't doing so well. What do you think a year from now is going to be like? What do you think the future is for Content CMS uh, open source CMS systems outside of WordPress, then. and why should why should we be con- should we be concerned about this as WordPress users? I think that future is pretty grim, uh, and I, I am concerned about that because I think actually the the fact that we had a multitude of open source CMSs out there um, made us all better because we could learn from each other and see what worked in, in other CMSs, et cetera. It's, having good competition out there is is good for, for everyone. And um, it's just sad to see as well. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of rich history behind Joomla and Drupal that, uh, that is sad to, to, to see slowly dwindle. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think for, for the community at large as an open source community, it would be better if, if it's some of this stuff was split slightly more evenly between systems. Yeah. I remember it's, I've been with this for such a long time. It's just odd to just not see the top three being not a open source CMS. And yeah. granted, if you look further down this page, you will see 
I mean, I still see Dream Adobe Dreamweaver on here, and that's and a, a .NET Nuke. <laughs> These things are still existing, so it's not like Joomla or Drupal are going to go away or disappear, or their communities are going to, to to wither out and fade. I firmly believe these things, these platforms, will exist for another decade. It's just sad from from not sad from for me personally to see, you know, open source being slowly taken over um, outside of the outside of WordPress. I wouldn't want I WordPress. Like you said, I, w- I don't want WordPress to be the only open source solution. No, I think that that benefits absolutely no one. I think I saw an article the other day where I, what was it? W3. Oh, I'm going to have to dig into the tavern. The tavern had an article, I think yesterday about um, it was down to the W3C had three contenders for their CMS system. Um, yeah. Only one of those was open source, and that was WordPress. And it had and it dropped WordPress from consideration. It's focusing on two others. That's why I think overall we should care as WordPress users. Not just that nobody's picking WordPress, but if you if you're if you're with WordPress as a whole, you should normally you know pick the right tool for the right job. But you would love to see open source be anything open source to be considered. Um, yeah, I agree. Well, we're, we're actually W3C members, so I have it on my list to look into that and to um, formulate a um, an, an email that says, hey, I'm not happy about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to have a talk another time about how that exactly works. I didn't think it was that kind of club. Um, let me ask you one last question, because I know your 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 time is very important, and um, the kids that have locked in my closet eventually will run out of air. What do you think the future of Word focusing again back on the WordPress um, market share? Now, current conditions aside, or maybe along with current conditions, either way, I guess I just nullified my own comment there. What do you think, what actions do you think the WordPress community or automatic will be taking or could take, whether it's in the form of features, enhancements, or actions, community, whatever, whatever actions do you think that it's going to impact Word, WordPress's growth in the next few years? Do you think it's mainly, is it just going to be WooCommerce all the way? Do you think there's going to be other things that are going to push it to what, and you said, and correct me if I'm wrong on this quote, but you said it could hit, it could hit 50%. I always pegged it as a 40%. My prediction now is out the window because by the time we're finished with this conversation, it could hit another percentage point. It was lit- it's literally that quick. I Yeah, we'll hit, we'll hit 40 uh, somewhere in February March 2021. What do you think are going to be the biggest impacts or pushes? Do you think it's still going to be linear growth from this point forward? Do you think there's going to be anything that WordPress is, or the community is going to be able to do to to continue this or or rank it up another notch or what <laughs> Or, or maybe something that could slow it down. Maybe something, maybe a mistake that we're going to make that's going to slow it down. Well, the, the thing is that at some point we're going to have to look at at this a bit deeper and say, okay, so but what is WordPress really at this point? Uh, is WordPress running with uh, Elementor or DV or another page builder? Uh, is that the same WordPress as WordPress with the classic editor or WordPress with Gutenberg? Um, because there is a lot of diverging going on within the WordPress space. Um, but I think that if you look at the path that we're on now for full site editing, 
for me, the, the most logical and which is actually on the roadmap already that Matt presented uh, quite a while ago uh, already now. But the um, I think the multilingual work is going to be very important in growth uh, because outside of the U.S., people do speak different languages. Um, <gasps> As an American, <laughs> that blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really funny. If you look at CMSs, everything that was developed in Europe is as multilingual at its core. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and everything that was built in the U.S. has not. Uh, but Insert um, political joke here. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's 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 a question of market size and, and what you need in that market. But in... Here in the Netherlands, you—I mean, there's there's 19 million people that speak Dutch, so nobody in their right mind would build a site just in Dutch if they wanted to reach a large audience. True. Um, in Belgium, they speak French and uh, Flemish, which look looks an awful lot like Dutch. Mm -hmm. um, so they are required to have all their languages be bilingual. There's a lot of rules like that in a lot of European countries. Uh, Europe as a whole has more people than the U.S. Um, so um, for a lot of these sites, it, they are now either using plugins on top of WordPress or other systems to do multilingual. And the same applies in a lot of countries in Asia. Uh, I think multilingual is a logical next step that will actually drive growth quite a bit. Yeah, I, I yeah, I agree. I think what was it? It's probably been, I don't know, I'm really bad with dates, but I think it's been at least two years since we passed the new WordPress websites. 50, over majority or over 50% of new WordPress websites are done in non-English languages. Or Yeah, of course. So, I mean, English probably is not even close to the, the, the biggest first language. And of course, all the we are the translation contributor days every year are getting bigger and bigger as well. But yeah, I when Matt said that in his four, whenever he announced the four stages, whatever that was, that the last stage? Was that the last phase? Yeah, I think I, it was. I think it's, it was stage three or after full site editing. Yeah, uh, and then there was there is there was like ever uh, what do you call it collaborative editing or site building or something like that or something which was fine but i don't think it's gonna drive traffic that that much well I, yeah. I, the, the funny thing is that collaborative editing if you look at it like even if you if, something that that's close to google docs and i i think we have uh, so our team at yoast built something uh, into uh, uh, into gutenberg that allows for uh, marking uh, marking pieces of text within the Gutenberg editor so that you can actually do that. You you could build Google Docs-like commenting on top of Gutenberg pretty easily, I think. I think that sort of collaborative editing of, of documents would be a huge step forward because right now a lot of the editorial process for sites is writing Google Docs, copy-paste to WordPress. Uh, because people want want to be able to to comment and to comment on specific bits of text, so I do agree with him. That, that you guys did. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's I'm it's, I'm horrible at over talking over people. But I think my wife was right. Is that a plugin that you? Uh... No, no. So there's an there's an API for that in Gutenberg Core that we use in SSEO. Oh, so uh, it's something actually inside the plugin itself. Yeah, so I have to it, check that out. It is, so we, we built that when Gutenberg was first built because we needed it. 
but it's also what we're going to need in Cora when we build commenting Google Docs like commenting, which is something that I really think would be a very good addition because a lot of discussion I see, and that's again, uh, probably a discussion that happens more in Europe and Asia than it does in the US, is people that want to move off of Google Docs and off of uh, those systems because they want to move to their own infrastructure. Uh, and, and I think WordPress could be a very powerful tool in that. That's a, I've never thought about that before. So people would, it's kind of like they want their own hosted or own kind of closed Google Docs system that's integrated it with their yeah. website and their CMS. Yeah. Well, wow, cool. You just gave me some dreams and nightmares for the next couple of nights. It's the medication I'm taking, but go ahead. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> It's dreams and nightmares. That's a very interesting take. I would love. I would love to have a deeper conversation about that. But I. So. So generally speaking, the market share. We're. I think we're not seeing them even before COVID. I would say we're good. Mark WordPress market share was slowing, but now, I. Would you say that it's safe to say that we're still in an accelerated mode right now, or do you think things are settling down? It is still growing. It's, it's, it's not certainly not what it was in May and June, uh, but it is still growing. Um, I would rough estimate that around this time next year, we'll be at somewhere around 42%. That's a good number. Here's a final question for you. Cause like, <laughs> like I've been saying for 15 minutes, I know you got to go. What is your, what, what's the take on Shopify versus WooCommerce? Um, market share, um, and do you well, they're, how they're on close is that race? So there are relatively similar growth paths. Um, so right now, I uh, WooCommerce has like six point three percent or so. I think uh, uh, of if if you to, if you would have WooCommerce as a, as a system of its own, it would look like six point three percent in that uh, in that table. Um, which which basically makes it uh, double the size Shopify. Um, I think WooCommerce can learn a lot from what Shopify is doing and vice versa. Uh, WooCommerce has uh, has some features that Shopify definitely hasn't. WooCommerce definitely has better SEO than Shopify, but Shopify is a lot easier to set up for people. So... Mm-hmm. I I think there is uh, well, it's going to be an interesting thing to look at. From my perspective, I, if I look at small merchants and small shops, um, I think e-commerce as a service makes more sense than e-commerce as something you have to ma- and you manage yourself. Um, so I'd like to see more hosts do far more work of of actually managing a WooCommerce shop entirely for people because it's just a lot of work. It's hard. Yeah. And we're seeing signs of managed WooCommerce hosting, I think. Yeah, there, there's, there's a couple of hosts out there that do that already and do it fairly well. Um, I, uh, well, the, the question is how, what's the end goal there is the end goal to, to make it uh, uh, very easy to manage your own WooCommerce site or is it, or is the end goal, we'll manage your WooCommerce for you. Uh, 
and you just put in your products. Kind of like what Shopify does a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, Jost, thank you very much. I know I know you've taken a lot of time here this morning to to talk to me about this. I thought the market share market share stuff is very interesting, and I know again a lot of people focus on one number, and as long as that number goes up, it's it's like they it's could good. they could boast about it. It's good in a tweet, right? But your analysis actually, like I saw the trends just looking at the the historical trends on the W3 tech site, but you obviously made it a lot cleaner and made me appreciate what's also happening while, while WordPress is growing and when it was growing and why, why it was growing and why we should pay attention to some of the reasons. So I think it's actually, like you said, you're going to have something hopefully probably out in very shortly in another month or so in November, maybe um, I encourage everybody who's listening to this now, if it's not already out, depending on when you listen to this, go ahead and check it out. If you haven't, checked out any of his analysis already, go ahead and check it out on Joe's Step blog. Um, thanks again for your, uh, for your time on this. And we already told people where to find you on the web as far as blog goes. What are, um, what's your Twitter, Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is jdevalk, so J-D-E-V-A-L-K. Um, you should be able to find that from Joe's Step blog as well. Uh, uh, or just Google me. I seem to be good at making people find me. Yes. And if with your permission, I'd like to share a screenshot of your office. Um, it is very architectural, clean. Um, obviously, if you have children, they are locked behind the door behind you, which is really, really something I should really uh, take a tip <laughs> no, from you I, from. I'm in the office. So that is, so my kids are at home, which is a kilometer away from here. It's not far, but it, but it is. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh! But now I'm envying you for more reasons than than I had in the beginning. I wish I had that kind of distance. Anyway, my name is David Bissett. In case you want to block me on Twitter, um, Dimension Media on Twitter. Um, you can also I'm part of a company called Envira Gallery. We make a plugin for WordPress. Um, that is a photo gallery. So if you ever want to showcase your photos, and it works with Yoast SEO as well. So if you ever want to showcase photos and have those appear in your SEO, then great. You've got two guys here who can help you with that. I really appreciate your time and uh, we'll see you around, Jost. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me.